Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 299. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, always good-looking and stubbly host, Chris. And with me is the eminently better-looking and smarter Tony T.O. How you doing, buddy? I don't know about either of those, but I'm doing good. <laughs> I, I would, I, we, we pull, we would pull well together at a bar. I know you, I know there you bring go. them all in for us. <laughs> if, if we were into such a there thing. you go. All right, hey, we got a good show today. We're going to talk about the Lions heading into uh, Indianapolis. We've got our Halloween vibe going. Um, we're going to give you the injury report. We're going to talk about the Vegas Lions. We got some game predictions and a whole lot more. We got a great show lined up. Tony, you ready to go, my man? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. A couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Very special thanks to our friend Dylan from Guam. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Brian B. from I Prevail. I have to say hey to all our our good friends and helpers in the uh, in the Slack chat. Aaron Fletcher, I'll give him a yell this time. Uh, great, great stuff from all you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Um, all these folks hang out with us in the Slack chat, which is the ultimate Lions chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. It'd probably be pretty intelligent for rocket scientist chat, just, just to let you know. It's a great place to go. Talk Lions, all things Lions, good, bad, or otherwise, and do it with a group of people who will respect you and expect your respect in return. How do you do that? Head to Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Tune in and uh, donate as little as a dollar a month to the show. Keep us going. Help fund what we do, and uh, you'll get access to the chat chat and it's worth it it is so worth it the the stuff that goes on there it is literally the best place to hang if you want to talk lions ever uh except here except here give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast instagram detroit lions podcast on twitter at det lions podcast det lions podcast where anybody that's cool hangs out without in their pants without any pants <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, <laughs> youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And we've got it. Finally, we've got our URL, youtube.com slash DLP clips. If you don't got the time for a whole show, we got the time for the bits and pieces for you. It's a great show to get the the, the, the salient nuggets, as I like to say, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see the, the key pieces of the show so check out those out get subscription in there for us and uh, hit the notification bell so we know when new stuff is live rate us itunes stitcher google play spotify iheart pandora amazon all those places out there we're in all those come out have a good time with us we love those five star reviews if you can give us anything less than five stars don't don't do it don't do it head on over to the subreddit let us know what you think and we will hang out and figure out what you need to give those five stars. It was called via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Woo! We got it all out of the way. Let's go get this done. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. 
All right, it's time to talk about the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit, and I'm feeling a little spooky here, Tony. We got the Halloween Uh-oh. theme. I don't know what could happen, right? There's all kinds of tricks and treats. Um, it, I don't know what the weather's like there. Could chilly. chilly. <laughs> <laughs> snow. No, 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 we don't want that yet. Although, believe it or not, Chris, there is snow in the forecast, light snow Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah, they're talking about just a little bit. Look, it's supposed to be a rain-snow mix, so we might get a couple of quick flurries and then done but yeah november comes here comes the snow (laughs) yeah absolutely tony i have to read you logan thank you this is one of the best comments we've seen ever so i gotta do this um i love that seven weeks in tony still laughs at the no pants line he's so (laughs) wholesome and somehow chris hasn't corrupted him yet (laughs) nailed it tony you're the best nice nice (laughs) a little corrupted (laughs) a little bit a little bit all right don't forget we do the post game show after the lions game let's talk about do our preview here the game preview of the lions and colts and we'll start off as I typically do with my 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 in-depth statistical representation of the uh, of the history of the two teams, this is a much more interesting run than it was between the um, and the Jaguars and the Lions. There's more of a history here. Um, I'll just talk about it really quickly. First met in 1950. We met as the Baltimore Colts against the Detroit Lions. We've played 43 times over the years, and the last time we met it was four years ago, 2016. Feels yep. like it's been sooner than that, but overall record. How how do you feel we 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 line up with them over the years, Tom? I think the Colts probably have a few more wins against the Lions than the Lions have against the Colts. It's only one more. One? Yeah, it's they, they, we're twenty to their twenty-one and two ties. I'm surprised with all the good years they've had. Um, we only got a sample of those, I guess. A little eyedropper. Well, there was a number of years, especially in the 80s, where the Colts were not good. They might have been the worst team in the NFL for a period or for a stretch in the 80s, but they got better. And then once they moved to Indianapolis, that franchise really started taking off thanks yeah. to some guy from Tennessee. So the first year we played them, this is this is good news. We played them as the Indianapolis Colts against the Lions in 1985, halfway through the decade. Mm-hmm. Indy has outscored us. 951 points to 895. That feels pretty significant for such a close record. It's been blowouts when we've lost, it seems. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, God. Fewest fans to attend the Lions regular season game ever will be in attendance at Ford Field on Sunday because they haven't let fans in yet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know what? That's a nice start because, yeah. you know, depending on how the regulations go in the state, that could open the door for more people to be here. So, it depends on how well that goes with the 500, but it's good to see at least that there's going to be some fans in the stands for a home game for the first time this season for the Lions. I'm going to be in town for the tw- game against Tampa Bay on the 27th, mm-hmm. and i got to figure out a way to get my wife and son and I tickets. It's, there's only one way to rock, and I've got to do it there at Ford Field. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully they'll let us in. Um, interesting, the move to Indianapolis, that was a really – people seem to have forgotten about it recently. Do you remember the story, the the, the midnight, dead of the night yeah. kind of move? The midnight moving vans, moving in the pitch of the night, going to Indianapolis the next day. Colts fans were just heartbroken that Baltimore was gone. I remember there was a documentary about the band that used to play at Colts games in Baltimore, and they would just show up and continue to play at the stadium every Sunday for a while, and then finally it kind of like passed away. Uh, that Not the band passed away, right, but you know, right. they, that kind of <laughs> went by the wayside. And then Baltimore, of course, got a franchise back about 14 years later, 15 years or 14 years later with yep. the Ravens. Yep. And, and it's a good franchise. They've, they've done mm-hmm. a good job with it. They've had a very, very solid history 
in uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, I remember when in that with that move, and and it's funny because so often you forget about it. You had the the bright shining face of Peyton Manning, who's such a squeaky clean kind of guy, you know, image wise in the in yep. the in the community, and uh, just kind of came in and rescued them from themselves. And boy, did they become a force for a long time. Yeah, they did. And I still one of the great highlights of Indianapolis Colts history was one word spoken by then head coach Jim Mora. Playoffs. <laughs> I used to have that drop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a game. <laughs> Playoffs? You're kidding me? Playoffs. One of the great post-game quotes ever. Mora. Colts. Th- that one and um they are who we thought they were. Denny Green, yes. <laughs> That's so great. So great. You got the microphone to knock off the desk as he did. He let him off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was incredible because he I, I, to see somebody that mad and he, like he had yeah. to be there. Right. I felt I feel bad for him because you're 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 at your worst at a moment like that. Right. And and everybody sees it and it oh. lives on forever. The things when I've been at my worst, thank goodness it wasn't in front of a camera <laughs> can you imagine i do bad enough when it's planned much less <laughs> it gets it, it gets strange sometimes when you're at your worst i try not to be at my worst in front of the camera or in front of a microphone every once in a while it happens but in that case as a reporter if you're sitting in that press conference there is no follow-up question after that right you just let him go rant because you know he's going to walk off the stage at that point yep. so once he started ranting as a reporter, your job was done. You just sit back, watch the fireworks, and watch. Let the car- let the recorder stage. roll and take credit yep. for getting the, the the headline of the week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's uh, talk really quick. Let's get into the injury report for uh, the Lions and the Colts. I know you you're looking at that, Tony. Um, mm-hmm. What do we got going on this week? What are we looking at as far as who's who's in, who's out, and who may or may not play? The biggest name right now on the injury report for Detroit is Taylor Decker, shoulder injury. Didn't practice today. He's questionable to play on Sunday. Three other players, Jalen Reeves-Maven, Daryl Roberts, Desmond Trufant, they're listed as questionable for the game, although Roberts and Trufant did practice on Friday in a limited basis. Adrian Peterson, who was limited Thursday, was a full practice guy today, so that means he will play Sunday against the Colts. One interesting name for the Colts that popped up on their injury report, Chris, is Ryan Kelly, their outstanding center. He has a knee injury, has not practiced, did not practice Thursday or Friday. He right now is listed as questionable for the game. Backup tight end Mo Ali Cox is in the injury. He's also listed as questionable. Uh, a couple of names of note, Anthony Costanzo didn't practice today, but he's expected to go. Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, they practice today. They're expected to go as well. Burton, especially a couple of weeks ago against Cincinnati, a couple of touchdowns, one catching the ball, one running the ball. So, he and Doyle are a key part of that Indianapolis Colts offensive attack. Yeah, so so the offensive line of the of the Colts is probably the, the most fearsome part of the team, right? I mean, right. They, that's absolutely their their biggest strength. Injury at center that's that's helpful for the Lions. Uh, we were talking about this beforehand. How hard it is to, you know, you're talking about human beings. You're talking about people here. You don't want to see people get hurt, but you also want your team to win. And when team right. players the other team are hurt, that kind of helps. Um, Taylor Decker. Again, he takes so much more heat than he deserves. He's a, he's been a he's absolutely great at left tackle for this team. That's a surprise. I, I, I didn't hear how he did that this week because he was uninjured previously. Yeah, he was uninjured previously, and then this popped up. Let me see what the injury report said about that. Um, actually, he was limited on Thursday. He wasn't listed on Wednesday, even though it was just a walkthrough for the Lions. So I, I'm wondering if that injury popped up between Wednesday and Thursday for him. And the question there, look, Taylor Decker's a tough guy. Yeah. I think he's going to play. 
But if there's a chance he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, that is a big blow for the Lions offensive line. By the way, people talk, Chris, about how tough it is to play quarterback for the Lions. I think as equally as tough position, left tackle, because the last three left tackles for the Lions have been Jeff Backus, mm-hmm. Riley Reeve, and Taylor Decker. And at some point, fans have been really critical of the play of those three. It's like they're not all world left tackles, but in reality, they're good left tackles that have done a pretty decent job keeping Matthew Stafford upright. Yeah, yeah. Um, that and that's that's absolutely right. Backus took Backus was an interesting cat on his own, right? So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll say okay. Uh, Riley Reef was he was a guy that was really best destined as a right tackle, not a left tackle. Um, and he, he he did well. He did well in Minnesota when he uh, as a left tackle. Surprisingly more so than he did here. But I have nothing bad to say about Riley. He was he was a great no. character, great guy. But Taylor Decker, it's funny, people, when they point to why they don't like him, they point to a very specific couple of plays. And it's like mm-hmm. it's like playing goaltender in hockey or in soccer or whatever. No one knows you're out there until they score, until the other team scores, exactly. right? And then it's all on you. And it's, it's what happened, you know, what, what Decker's had to eat is every time there'd be a bad timed holding on his part or something, yep. it, it just is right at the forefront. People give him a hard time about it. He doesn't deserve it. He's, he's really, really good at left tackle. I'm so he happy we have him. And look, I thought Backus and Reef were also very good. And I like those guys. I got to know them when I was covering the team, when I was doing the games. And both same type of guys, Chris. They were pretty quiet, didn't say a whole lot to the media. But if you got them alone and they trusted you, they were a lot of fun to be around. And they would give you, they were great about information and, you know, what to say, what not to say. They were pretty good about that. I was a huge Jeff Backus fan. He was funny. And it turns out Riley Reef used to hear me on the radio as well as Backus. So every once in a while, I'd say something on the air. And the next thing I know, I'm in the locker room and these guys are telling me what I said. It's like, wait a minute. I said that? Sure you did. <laughs> it happens can't to me all the it. time. So, it yeah, it's like, hey, can't deny it. But I was a huge fan of Jeff Backus, huge fan of Riley Reef, And I'm not surprised Riley Reef's been a success in Minnesota at the left tackle. He's on the trading block, by the way. That should be interesting in the next couple of days to see if Minnesota can can pedal Riley Reef to a team that needs a left tackle. They've got some real cap problems. And, yeah, and if this do. cap shrinks or doesn't, doesn't freeze, they're in a world of hurt next year. And now the one thing that may help them is they got just a complete truckload of draft picks this year. Right. right? And those guys should be grown into position and, and, and be upgrades next year over, over this year. But still they've got a, they've got a Brinks truck. They got to get out of their, their cap situation. <laughs> I'll be curious to see if Mike Zimmer survives over there. I think he will, but that one and five record could easily get real ugly. Could be four and 12, could be five and 11, unless they really turn things around. And will that be enough to save Mike Zimmer's job? Will all the injuries, will everything that's happened be enough to do that? I don't know. He might be on his way out in Minnesota. That might be an attractive spot for Eric Bieniemy to show up. Ever, um, Everson Griffin gets a couple sacks in Minnesota, and it might well, it might well be over. <laughs> uh, interesting. They've got to play Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago, their next three games, it's it's going to be a tough haul for them. It's going to be a real yeah. tough haul. It could be, I mean, in these three games, if they lose all three, I think it could signal the the end of Zimmer's uh, time in Minnesota, which stinks because he's he's a good coach. It's just things yes, have not gone his way. So, I'll be very curious to see what they do before the trading deadline because there's even talk that they might try to deal Adam Thielen. The one guy they can't deal, Chris, is Kirk Cousins, obviously because of that huge monstrous contract. There's no way. With the salary cap, as you just mentioned, the way it might be for next year, that any NFL team is going to take that on. No, no. And he signed, what, through 2059? Is it guaranteed? <laughs> He's I don't for a long know time. if it's that long. <laughs> I can look that up. I don't know if it's quite that long, but it's a long time, believe me. <laughs> while, while you do that, I want to mention, we've got we've got a, a wonderful person um, 
with with working with the show on a, on the St. Jude stuff again. We have the the big next Friday, a week from today, we're going to do our big St. Jude t- uh, twenty four hour podcastathon telethon. Um, you can see on the video here, we've got our little thermometer. I like that. It tells us where we're at. Goal fifteen thousand right now. We're going to shoot that to twenty five at some point, depending on how things go. We've got. Tony, you're you're gonna just wait, okay? Let me, I'm gonna do what we got right now, but I'm gonna tell you what we got coming because you're gonna it's gonna blow your mind. We've got okay. a, a great benefactor right now who's going to double the first hundred dollars. He's gonna match the first hundred dollars we raised today on today's show. So nice. we'll see it on there. You'll see your name roll by as a recent donation donor. So hey, get your name on the show. Help us out. It's uh, we're trying to get at least a hundred dollars today to get those matching funds to help uh, help raise our money to St. Jude. Get this up to uh, thirteen fifty, and of course sixty nine cents. It, it's always the this podcast <laughs> always has the sixty nine center. It's every time <laughs> we did two separate months of donating, and we had sixty nine cents both times. Last time we did the St. Jude thing. <laughs> and, nice. Yeah, my brother. He's like, oh, I'm gonna clean this up, and he cleaned it up to like a, a flat dollar amount. Boom! Somebody changed it. <laughs> An hour and a half later. It was so funny. All right. So we've got, and, and he's unnamed right now. And uh, I don't want to to do too much here to, to let him go. We'll just call him kind of the guy that did stuff. He um, he lost a, do- a daughter. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a sad story. We'll talk about it on the show. We're not going to do that now. Okay. But um, he has put it up. If we, in the first three hours of the telethon, uh, telethon from nine to noon, if we raise $5,000 on stream, he's going to go get a tattoo on his chest that says Staff Daddy. <laughs> he's going to get the tattoo on his chest, on the stream, live on the show that says Staff Daddy. I- I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm absolutely amazed. He said, because 25 k is our ultimate goal, if we get to 30 k on, as he said, the other T-I-D-D-Y, <laughs> he would get... Jared Davis tattooed <laughs> if we get to 30k now tell me that isn't a commitment <laughs> that's commitment and it's a worthwhile cause but oh you gotta live with staff daddy <laughs> oh this is wow this is really something so he wants to uh, um do this in in honor of his daughter Violet and uh everything there so Guys, keep your keep your heads on keep your money handy if we can get in that first three hours get the five thousand dollars raised We've got a great stream item for you to check out. But right now, let's let's capitalize on that extra $100 matching. Uh, stjude.org slash DLP. You can get in there, just kind of give a couple bucks, and you know you're doubling up your money. All right. Let's talk about some of the matchups we have on the field. I talked a little bit about the offensive line. What are some of the key matchups we see out there uh, in the game this week, Tony? Well, based on watching the Colts a couple of weeks ago against the Bengals, one key matchup is going to be the Lions wide receivers against the Colts secondary. The secondary plays good man-to-man, Chris, but when they go to zone reads, when they go to zone coverage, they can be beaten. That's how Joe Burrow was able to complete some passes against the Colts was he was able to take advantage of Indianapolis's zone defense. So if the Lions can find the seams, the seams in those zones when they go to zone, that could be interesting, and that's something Matthew Stafford could pick apart. Another matchup that I'm definitely interested in will be the Lions running backs against the Colts' front seven. Uh, again, going back to the Bengals game, when they tried to take it outside, the Colts' speed defensively is good, and they were able to shut down those outside runs. Here's the problem. When Cincinnati took the ball and ran it through the middle between the guards, the Indianapolis Colts struggled in stopping a lot of those inside runs. So to me, this is a perfect Adrian Peterson slash on Johnson type of game 
where they can lug the ball, they can take it through the middle, get those tough physical yards, as opposed to a DeAndre Swift game where he tries to take it to the outside. That Colts defense is really fast and they're really aggressive, and I think they're going to probably try to shut down the edges and try to keep the outside runs contained. And that that kind of setup there with the uh, the zone defenses really opens up for a guy like Hawkinson. Opens the field up, gives him an opportunity. Um, he's he's tops in separation in the league. Um, we're, we were using the uh, next gen stats, looking at it, and uh, if we look at average separation, really quick, I'm going to go through it. We have um, oh, where is he? Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Where did you go? Hawkinson oh, here. Sorry, I, I was go- going through these on Wednesday, and I just had to get my sort okay. down. It's there. We go. Our three point five yards of av- average separation. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, big time. He's he's that's what I wanted to get. There we go. He is ranked number six overall in average separation in the league. Now, as a tight end, you're usually playing against uh, linebackers and stuff, right? Sure. So that gives you a little bit of trouble, but um, or it makes it a little bit easier for a guy like Hawkinson or Kittle or one of those guys, Kelsey, those really mobile uh, tight ends to get open and, and get that kind of separation. Conversely, we talk about uh, Kenny Galladay is somewhere around uh, 124th out of like 127 in getting separation. This would be nice to see him get maybe some space in the zone. Two reasons. One, he'll get separation and it'll make it easier to catch the ball. Two, he won't be taking those devastating hits that he's been getting hit with because those they wear and tear on a guy. I mean, we saw it with exactly. Calvin. I, I hate to see Kenny. Whether we wind up with him in the locker room or not next year, I just wouldn't want him to be broken wherever he winds up. Yeah, I agree. And look, every game that Kenny Galladay has where he's outstanding, and that's been basically the last couple of games especially, that price tag goes up on Kenny Galladay. And I think at some point the Lions have to sit down and say, look, we need to have Kenny Galladay back. Let's pay the man. And to me, if you're asking me what I pay Kenny Galladay, my answer is pretty simple. Yes. Wide receivers like Galladay are hard to find. Look, I'm not going to compare him to Calvin, Chris. I think Calvin Johnson is in a class by himself. But I think Kenny Galladay is as close to a physical type of receiver that Calvin was as there's been in the league in the last couple of years for the Lions. So to me, pay the man. He he deserves that money. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. The thing he always does, separation or not, is come down with the ball. He's got huge target percentage and catch percentage uh, compared to others in the league. And... Um, you know, separation is hard when you're playing against the number one cornerback, right? <laughs> it makes it real hard to be the guy that gets all kinds of separation. So it'll be interesting. I I, I would love to keep Kenny Gall- Galladay on the team. I I feel I'm a little nervous about it just based on how long it's that he isn't signed now, and that yeah. he does go and test the market and somebody will pay. But there's a lot of things working against him. I think in in maybe getting that giant contract somewhere else that he may he may remain a lion, depending just the way the market is. And Chris, I'm going to use a phrase I hate to use, the Patriot way, but considering where Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have come from, the New England Patriots way is to not overpay receivers. They've had some decent receivers there that they did not overpay. And the scary thing is that maybe they take that approach with Kenny Galladay, which means they might try to find somebody else, a cheaper alternative and let Galladay walk. I'm hoping that's not the case. I hope they settle down and pay him. I hope they get a new contract in place. Mm -hmm. But that's a fear in the back of my mind that I have that maybe they will let him go. Yeah, yeah. And the the, the bigger fear is is it feels like every time the the uh, the Patriots have done that, they've had somebody still under yep. contract that's been there. We really are in trouble at wide receiver. And um, the thing though, if you look at the blueprint, but the Belichick blueprint, there's not a lot of stuff that's coming out that he's written that people have been able to see. But he right. talks about tight ends as being far far more important, a mobile 
catching tight end is more yep. important than a wide receiver, one of the most important players in the offense according to his his map. So, And, Chris, one thing, this might be the year the Lions could get away with this and bring Galladay back for a lesser amount of money because, mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, the salary cap's not going up. Yep. It looks like, based on everything that's happened this year with our fans in the stands, with the money that the league has lost because of the coronavirus pandemic, the salary cap may go up incrementally if it goes up at all. So teams might be caught. You were talking about the Minnesota Vikings earlier. Teams might be caught in a salary cap crunch and may not have the money to pay Galladay what he's looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's the other little piece of it that doesn't get a whole lot of talk about. A lot of folks um, look good as wide receivers because it's Matthew Stafford throwing the ball to him. And a guy like Galladay, who isn't getting the separation, needs somebody, a quarterback like a Matthew Stafford, to get the ball so he can be effective at catching it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't think Phil Rivers is going to do well with Kenny Galladay. I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to do well with a quarterback like Phil Rivers. His arm, he just doesn't have the arm to do that right. and get him the ball anymore. So I think other teams will see that, and that will help the Lions with Galladay. I think Galladay deserves a fair payday. Absolutely, he's he's good in the Lions. Um, I think he goes two more contracts. Uh, rather than one big long-term deal. And mm-hmm. that's the way I'd want to structure it if I were the Lions because I don't know how long I have Matthew Stafford versus a one long contract versus two contracts with Kenny, like a three- or four-year deal. That's a great point, Chris. Make a couple of short contracts, make a smaller contract, pay him a little bit more money with the smaller contract. I agree. That's a great way to do it. By the way, you mentioned Phillip Rivers. The one thing that shocked me watching the Colts, I am surprised he does not throw the ball as deep, as many times deep as he used to when he was a member of the Chargers. Right. He really relies on getting his backs out there on swing passes. He he relies a lot on his tight ends. He will take a shot occasionally down the field every once in a while, but he's not quite the gambling Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis that he was with the Chargers. So that's something that also bears watching. Can the Lions keep Phillip Rivers under control with those short ball control passes that he now throws as opposed to the, the long deep ball? This guy, Rivers, Chris, looks different with the Colts this year than he looked with the Chargers last year when they played the Lions. And remember how that game turned out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, um, so this is a key game. I think, you know, the way I've set this game up this week is that, you know, we've seen the Lions are on a two-game run. We've got a couple of wins under the belt. We're at 500. We're not in a bad position. We may regret no. that that Chicago game. I'm not going to put it on Swift because one pass does not make a whole game. But it, we may regret that, especially because it's a division game. That's what happens when the first game of the season is is a division game. It shouldn't be like that, but it is what it is. Um, but we look forward. This Colts game, I mean, we've talked about must-win games to save coaches. Mm-hmm. This is a must-win game to believe this team is taking that next step and improving. The Colts are a much better team, I think, than Atlanta was and a much better yeah. test than Atlanta or the Jaguars were. What do you think, Tony? Where's your head here? I- I agree with you 100%. The one thing I've heard from some fans, now some fans are excited about what the Lions have done the last couple of weeks against the Falcons and the Jaguars. But the one thing I've heard from some fans is prove it. You beat two teams that have a grand total of three wins now with Atlanta winning yesterday. Um, Prove it. Beat a good team. Beat a team with a winning record. Beat a team that's in the playoff race. Beat a team that's one of the top teams in their division, if not in the conference. And then some fan, more fans will buy into what they're doing. So yep. to me, Sunday's games approve it because four and two Indianapolis, just a game behind Tennessee, they'd be in the playoffs if they began today in the AFC. This is the type of game where if you win it, you get more fans to your side and you quiet some of the doubters who believe that you just took advantage of some of the weak teams in your schedule to get back to the 500. Mark. Yep. And and I'll say the Cardinals weren't a weak team. Um, no. and, and I think it, it, if the trajectory holds, 
we started slow, which is, again, you point to the Patriots as kind of such a similar kind of approach to how they do things. They always start slow as well. Um, and then they tend to pick it up as as things move forward from there. This is really interesting because I see um, we're starting to get that same kind of trajectory. And this game is the one that says, is it fool's gold or is it for right. real? I really feel like that this game is the one that will save Matt Patricia's career. If he walks away with a win here, I think then just based on everything else, the way the rest of the, the, the season is late lined up, that uh, Matt Patricia could could very well make it to another year here. This This could be key for Lions fans. For those people who are rooting for Matt Patricia to fail and he could be fired at the end of the year, I got bad news for you. They're 500 right now. They're going to be playing meaningful games in November. Matt Patricia will be the head coach, in my opinion, of the Lions in 2021. There's no way, based on everything that's happened this year, Chris, that ownership looks at Matt Patricia and says, you know what? We've seen enough. You're out the door. The only way that could possibly happen is if the Lions lose the rest of the games the rest of the way and they end up 3-13 and instead of 3-3 and at this point. I'm sorry. I just don't see that happening. And I think Patricia at this point has done enough to keep his job in 2021 by ownership standards. I'm not saying that's my opinion personally, but by the ownership standards, yep. he's done enough yep. to keep his job for 2021. Yep. Um, BA, no, the support the show button is not for St. Jude. St. Jude, you got to go to stjude.org slash DLP. And that's, uh, that'll do it. Oh, Holy cow, I just looked. We've got 150 bucks. Boom. <laughs> We've got nice. a match. Nice job, everybody. Thank you very much. Really, really appreciate that. You can. You don't have to stop. You don't have to stop. You can keep going, no. but really appreciate all of you to do that. I'll, I'll try to find the names rolling by here shortly, and uh, we'll give give everyone some credit. But, yeah, no, so this is an important game for the, the, the Lions to get that win over the Colts to prove that trajectory. And, and, gosh, can you imagine coming off a Colts win, four and three. We go, mm-hmm. we, we've been away two games. We're we're home for the Colts. We go away to to Minnesota on on a, on a nice strong high, and and Minnesota after Minnesota might most likely just lost in Green Bay. This is this feels like you've got a demoralized Minnesota team. You've got a high Detroit Lions team that could that could really carry you through. And then Washington at home, the Panthers. We saw them last night at home against against uh, uh, Atlanta. They don't look like a, a powerful team. They'll probably have McCaffrey back by then. But even right. then, the rest of the team they don't have wide receivers that are very threatening. This is this looks like a good run for the Lions all the way through their next game against the Bears. Here's the thing, though: they better make hay while they can in November. They better start winning these games in November yep. because when you get to December, that schedule gets a whole lot tougher. I mean, think about this: they have a three-game stretch, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think I'm remembering the schedule correctly. They play Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay, I believe, in a stretch, a three-game stretch, back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back, yep. Or am I thinking there's a game in between those? Say, say that one more time. I, I, I got I'm trying to remember if it's in order, but Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay? Yep, all three in order, 13th, 20th, in and 27th okay. of, of December. And, and you're right. They've got to bank those wins before those three games. Yep. And, and those are three tough games. You could even put the Bears ahead of that Packers game sure. in there because it's in it's in Chicago. That's the last. Interestingly, though, that's the last cold weather game of the season, December sixth in Chicago. Now it'll be it'll be cold, but it's not going to be Green Bay cold. <laughs> Why didn't they do that when I was doing sidelines? Every year I did sidelines, there was a December game in either Chicago or Green Bay. Sometimes it was a January game in Chicago yeah. or Green Bay. I froze my tukus off. <laughs> it's because right it's, <laughs> it's you were doing the games. That's why they did it. Right. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's like they don't play in Green Bay or Chicago in late December, early January when it's 30 below zero. They don't do that. I'm, I have a problem with this. I'm going to go talk to somebody in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I'll be right behind you, bud. 
Where's Dean Blandino at? Well, he'll be on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, we've got a question. Uh, we talked. To, we did the injury report, but really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Tony, you had extra insulation back then. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> That's all He's right. He's right. I did. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, we have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> uh, we've got a question. I think he was wasn't here for the uh, for the injury report. Uh, chances on Trufant being back this week. What do you think? Uh, 50-50 at this point. He is officially listed as questionable, but it looks like he may get back. He was limited in practice, was able to practice today, but again, limited. 50-50 is what I put it at at this point. There is a chance he could play Sunday against the Colts. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, got, hey, Brazil, what's going on? Nice to see you. If uh, I'm, I, I'm assuming it's it's no pants on time in Brazil. It's always no pants on time in Brazil. It's, That's true. It's a party zone. All right, uh, let's talk about the uh, <laughs> the keys to the game, Tony. You're looking at this game. We know how important it is, how much of you know the, the staff and the players are kind of relying on, on this game or, or pivoting on this game. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the keys for the Lions that come out ahead here? Biggest key to me is the Lions front seven against the Colts offensive line and the Colts offense, period. Yep. We've seen the Lions play well the last couple of weeks defensively, especially in shutting down the run. Can they do the same thing against Indianapolis? Chris, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, said on Monday that they rely now on their running game. That's what they set up with. They want their running game to be effective so they can play the pass off of that. They are, their identity, he said, was as a running team. They haven't run the ball very well. This is a game where the Lions cannot let Jonathan Taylor or any of the Colts backs get off and run well. The other matchup that I'm watching will be the Lions secondary against Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Now, like I said, they don't go deep, but they do take their shots every once in a while deep. If you're the Lions, you have to make sure they don't connect on those deep shots. Keep them throwing the underneath routes. Keep Phillip Rivers tossing the ball to the tight ends. Keep them going to the running backs. You don't want to let the guys get loose, especially T.Y. Hilton, who is a deep threat and can definitely do some damage to the Lions defense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, And I think T.Y. Hilton, again, you have Jeff Okuda getting an absolute education this year. Um, And and I think this is good. No matter what the outcome is, this is good for him. You can tell, and and hearing him interviewed, this isn't affecting him negatively. He knows how to forget the bad play and move on. This is is probably the best year of school I've seen any Lions quarterback, cornerback yet. Uh, in, in, in helping get them up to speed. I just imagine that with an offseason under his belt, what he and um, Oruwariye's kind of the duo is going to be, that's going to be great for the Lions going yep. forward. Really, really strong. I think you're right, though. Um, I think the passing game, just just like you said, um, the, the short pass to mid-pass is going to be the key. It's the bread and butter for Phil Rivers. Keeping him moving. Mm-hmm. Keeping him under pressure, he he doesn't do well under pressure. He tends to wilt when he when he's running around. But I will name one one person who I think is a key key player and how he's used and if he's used Jelani Tavai. Yep. Uh, I want a whole lot more Jamie Collins out there than I want Jelani Tavai because I just you know I, I love Tavai. He's a nice guy and 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 that and 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 he's just so many times caught watching in a pass play. He's so much watching the game rather than being part of the game and playing the game. And I think that is really, really where one of our glaring weaknesses is against a Colts uh, offense and something that they very easily could take advantage of if we don't do something about it. Chris, it makes me wonder if there's going to be even more Reggie Ragland this week against the Colts because this would be the type of team that he would excel against. He did last year when he played for Kansas City. So I'm curious to see how much more Reggie Ragland plays. By the way, Reggie Ragland, Fast becoming one of my favorite Lions players I to cover because he is, he lets it all go. He is not shy about expressing his viewpoint and what he wants to say. Love his interviews. I think he is a solid Lions addition this year. Absolutely. I, and, and 
quietly getting it done on the field. He's not getting yeah. a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of pomp and circumstance around Reggie out there, but boy is he doing you're right, the interviews are great. He doesn't hold back. He comes from a champion, right? Yep. I remember when he was drafted, I really, really wanted him. Uh thought he would be a good fit here. Um I'm glad he wound up here. Uh, I think because I still think he can be a good fit, and I think he's, he, as you said, he's really showing out well with this team. So you're right; it may be a lot of Collins and Ragland out there. Yeah, I'm surprised at how well he's played. I thought it was going to take him a little bit of time to get used to a Matt Patricia defense, but he's done a pretty good job. And here's the thing: up until the last couple of weeks, he was best known for saying that the Lions aren't far away from where the Kansas City Chiefs were at this time last year. And I know people went nuts; they were thinking. Okay, Raglan is completely drug nuts. test he's, tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> but as it turns out, I don't think he's completely accurate, but I think he's a lot better. He's a lot closer to what I think the Lions are than we thought they were. Put it yeah. that way. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. It's funny because there was a lot of right before the season started, a lot of predictions that the Lions could be the surprise winner this year. Mm-hmm. And that just went out the window after the first three yeah, games. It really did. Um, so that's that's something. Um, let me ask you. We got a question from the chat. What are your thoughts on Will Harris? Um, this is this is a little bit of a kryptonite t- type of topic because he is definitely polarizing. Um, wh- where's your head at? You know what? He's starting to play better. Will Harris really struggled the first three four games of the season, and the criticism he took was well deserved because he was not playing well and he was taking playing time away from Tracy Walker. But if you watch him Sunday against the Falcons, Will Harris actually made a couple of nice plays and actually did play well. He's good in a reserve role, limited snaps, limited plays. But to me, you got to have Tracy Walker out there. He's the guy who makes it go. But Will Harris is starting to play better. I'm still not 100% sold on him yet, but I like the improvement that I've seen the last couple of weeks from Will Harris. Yeah, man. Yeah. Confirmation pants off in Brazil. Um, okay. <laughs> the chat is great. I, I love I love our, our people. I love our people, man. <laughs> All right, really quick. I want to talk about we just sealed this today. Um, we've been we were working on sponsors for the St. Jude show as a way to gain to, to generate more uh, more income and more donations for St. Jude. Our friends at Diamond CBD are sponsoring 10 hours of programming on the show as well as donating a bunch of prize packs that will go out on an hourly basis to um, the highest donor of the hour. If you were thinking about CBD and you're thinking about St. Jude, this is the way to do it. Go on over cbd.detroitlinespodcast.com if you want to try it out on your own. Um, head on over. They've got great stuff. I tell you, the the Delta 8 line is exactly where you're at. Um, it will fix anything. If you're looking strictly for muscle or joint pain, those creams are, are absolutely amazing. Um, you rub it on. I had uh, Suzanne, Suzanne B., who is not your typical... Uh, no, I wouldn't say she would be the first person you'd put on a commercial for CBD, right? She's not the general okay. demographic you'd be you'd be you'd be putting out there with your commercial. And she tried it, and she absolutely came back and said, "Holy cow, my elbow is feeling awesome for the first time in ages." Good, Good efficacious stuff. Check it out: cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness; those three things will absolutely you will find the results you're looking for. Head over cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a kickback. Got to let you know that. We want to be honest. It doesn't cost you more to do that, um, but it helps them know what we do and helps them support the show like they're doing with this uh, the St. Jude thing. They've, they're donating a whole ton of stuff that's going to go out to all you folks who take part um, because they're just a great, great partner. So there you go. All right, uh, we're going to move on. We went from the keys to the game. Let's talk a little bit about Vegas. I got some numbers for you, Tony. And I, okay. uh, Let's do a guessing game, if you don't mind. Since I've got the numbers, I get to make you guess. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this isn't one that's bad, right? This is, this is, if you're wrong, you're wrong. It's not like uh, your wife's going to come in and say, you don't remember our anniversary or anything like that, right? <laughs> Heard that before. Oh, sorry. No. Um, all right. <laughs> so if we're talking about the line, just, just the line, where, who do you think's got the, the line in their favor? I think the Colts have the line in their favor. They do. Minus three. Minus wow. three for the Colts. That's, you know, you get three for being at home. So that's a six point, right? Okay. All right. Uh, we got Colts at minus 155. Where would you think the uh, the line on the Lions would be? This is a tougher one. Plus 175. Ooh, a little higher. 135. Plus 135. Oh, 135. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And when we're looking at the over-under, I've been screaming at the over all over the place. This one? I'm not sure. What do you, what do you think? Where, where do you think we land? You know what? I said under last week for the Falcons. I'm going to go. Hmm, I'm going to go 48 for the Colts and, and Lions. Oh. I don't think it's going to be a lot of points. You should be working in Vegas. They got the over under at 50. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's 25 points each. I don't know. Boy, that seems. With these two defenses, that's a little high. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the under is the place to go this week. This week. Maybe the under. We'll we'll think about it. All right. We got that. We got our CBD. We got our final outcome. We got St. Jude. Let's talk about the a quick rundown of a couple other games in the division. We got Minnesota at Green Bay. Is this just going to be Green Bay stomping on Minnesota, or is this going to be a wild show of everyone scores a million points again? <laughs> I think it's going to be a wild show where everybody scores a million points again, Chris. I really could see the Vikings playing well against the Green Bay Packers, thinking that this is their season salvager. If they can win this game, Maybe they have a chance to turn some things around and maybe they can dig out of the one and five hole they're currently in. So to me, this is a game of survival. Key to me, Kirk Cousins can't make a whole lot of mistakes, can't throw a whole lot of interceptions, can't make a whole lot of fumbles. Kirk Cousins has got to play well for the Vikings to have a chance to beat Green Bay on Sunday. Let me ask you for Lions fans, who do you want to win? Mm -hmm. Do you want to knock Green Bay down and have Minnesota creeping up behind you, or do you want to bury Minnesota and try to fight for that, hope to get that second-place spot in the division? You want Minnesota to win. Yeah, okay. You want Minnesota to win for two reasons. One, like you said, knocks Green Bay down, keeps them from dragging themselves away from the pack. The other reason you want Minnesota to win is if they lose, they will be even more pressed to win Sunday against the Lions. If they beat Green Bay, it takes a little bit of the pressure off of them Maybe they don't come out with the same fire they would if they're one and six against the Lions. Got it. Got it. Okay. Next game we'll look at is New Orleans at the Bears. Now I wish this was in New Orleans. I, I <laughs> really, really do. The being in Chicago gives a little bit of a, especially with a little bit of a chance of snow. Right. Mm -hmm. This makes it a little bit more questionable. What do you think? I think the first team, the 20, wins that game. I think both of those defenses are going to come out and they're going to play well, Chris. I think the key to that one is going to be, can the Bears run the ball on the Saints? Because if they can run the ball effectively, it takes the pressure off of Nick Foles. He doesn't have to throw 35, 40 passes to try to get the Bears back into contention. So if the Saints can shut down the Bears running game, it's going to be New Orleans all day in that one. Yep. All right. I look at it as this is, uh, they've got to keep Drew Brees standing in order for the, 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 the Saints to win. And that's the, the number one fear I'd have is the hits that he's going to take uh, with that fearsome defensive front from the Bears. It's, it's insane what they've got there. And, Chris, it looks like Michael Thomas is not going to play for the Saints on Sunday. So that goes to your point about keeping Drew Brees upright. If he's got to wait for a receiver to get open, there's a good chance that Bears pass rush gets right to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question for you, Tone, and then and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll clear it all up. 
Everson Griffin came to the team. He's not going to play against the Colts. We'll have him against no. uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Which is just, I like the irony on that yeah, one. Yeah, what a storyline. What, what's your thoughts here? What does Everson, at 32, what does he bring to the team, and, and what should we expect out of him? He brings a quality pass rusher to the Lions, and here's the thing. He's not going to have to play 45, 50 snaps to the Lions defense. I think he'll play at most 30, 35 snaps a game, and you know he's going to be in there on passing downs. You know he's going to be in there to rush the quarterback. I think it's a good move for a Lions team that needed some help on the pass rush. So now you got Trey Collins on one side. You've got Everson Griffin on the other side. Don't forget, you've got a guy like Jamie Collins who can also run the pass. I'm sorry, Trey Flowers. I call him Trey Collins. <laughs> Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins. You've got those guys who can rush the passer as well. Romeo Okor is having a quietly very good season for the Lions. Yeah. So suddenly the Lions have a bunch of pass rushers, a bunch of guys who can get after the quarterback. And again, it's not so much the sacks, Chris. It's making the quarterback feel uncomfortable in the pocket, making him leave the pocket, making him get away from his comfort zone. Exactly. You can do that. You've got a chance to get to him. The other key, he's got to play the run because there's going to be times Griffin's going to be in there where they're going to be running the ball. He's got to be stout against the run and help that Lions defense, which, again, against the Jaguars, against the Falcons, were pretty good against the run. Yeah, I think Everson pre- Griffin is a beneficiary to Romeo Quara and Trey Flowers more than anybody else. They're going to see – you're going to see their seasons improve with Everson yep. here because he can't put the best guy on three people, right? It's just not going to happen. So that's going to open up a whole lot of opportunities. I think Trey Flowers is – you're going to see some improvements. It's going to feel like we paid the right money to him uh, yep. as the season goes on. So we can, we can always hope – and Everson Griffin is the guy to hopefully bring it and make that happen. All right. Uh, big game Sunday. Tony, you're going to be here. Let me, and I hate to do this on the on the fly. We're doing sure. a St. Jude thing next Friday. Do you want to still do the game preview? You want to just uh, join at 5 o'clock? Because the other thing, we still have to work out the time for you and Dan and Jim. That would have you join in twice, and I don't want to overburden you. Uh, you know what? However it works out, it'll be fine. Don't, if I do twice, See, I guys, do twice. I'm not worried about it. I can't I can't corrupt him. He is truly and genuinely a wonderful <laughs> human being. I don't know why he's here. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> All right. Listen, you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on, so anything I can do to make that job easier, by all means, just let me know. You're the best, Tom. Really, really appreciate it. All right, we're going to do it. That's going to be a show this week. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, we look for your comments in the subreddit. That helps us get better. It's a community show, and if you don't join the community, then we can't make it better and make it for you. So let's let's do that. Don't forget about us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get yourself access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. No BS. And we've got some other stuff. We've got some stocks slash gambling. We've got, uh, what else do we have? We have, uh, well, a dumb Fs, uh, I'll censor that one, channel where we highlight the idiots of society. It's a lot of fun there. Uh, we've got a, a channels for each of the different types of sports leagues, um, Dynasty League that we put together, all kinds of great stuff. They're home improvement. There's even a home improvement channel with, and I, and I mention him all the time, Wisco Boiler. Um, he's he's he owns he's got like five houses he's in the process of flipping right now and he's got like four nice. rental property the guys really done well smart cat he's there working on these houses all the time and you boy if you want to I'll just tell you don't cut the joists no matter what project you're doing yeah. don't cut your joists <laughs> there you go so patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast as little as a dollar a month will get you in there thank you everyone for doing that Facebook facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast Instagram Detroit Lions podcast and on Twitter at det Lions podcast. D-E-T, pi- D-E-T Lions podcast. I was getting to the pants off part so fast, Tony. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I said Trey Collins, so there you go. You know, 
There we go. All right. Give us a call on Skype, uh, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or use the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. If you want to ask a question, you want to bring up a topic for the show on uh, during the week, hit us up there. We'll get you on the on the show, and we'll uh, get your topic and discuss it. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your magic little internet box automatically. All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. We don't need to. We're three and three. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.